The Audacity podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land we're recording on today, the Dharawal people, and pay our respects to all First Nations people, past, present, and emerging. We also acknowledge that we're recording on stolen land and that sovereignty was never ceded. The Audacity podcast will start in three, two, one, and launch. Hello, hello, and welcome back. This is the second part of Men's Questions for Women, and this is the Audacity Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Sleeman, and in this episode, we'll be delving into whether women care about penis size, uh, what men can do to make women feel safer. We'll be delving into our experiences with male friends and family calling out misogyny. We'll be talking about an awfully audacious Tinder story. which uh, actually brought about this episode's audacious moment. And a large portion of this episode will be focused on why women think that men see feminism as man-bashing, which is a really, really, really intriguing topic. And I'm really excited for my male listeners in particular to listen to this episode and give me their honest thoughts about it. Um, Like I said in the last episode, some of this discussion might be a bit uncomfortable, but... I do give some tips at the end of um, this episode to, I guess, help you understand your gender biases and recognize where they come from and how you can fix them, basically. So let's get into it. You're listening to The Audacity Podcast. Do women care about penis size? I think it's definitely a point of conversation after one of your friends have sex with someone you may or may not know. I feel like girls always ask the question like, boom. Okay, but here's my thing with the topic of penis size. I don't give a fuck because the whole what you do with it kind of thing. But also, I don't give a fuck because I don't... Not don't want because they're going to do it either way, but I just don't like the idea of guys making comments about girls' bums and boobs and shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's why I'm just like double standards. I just don't care to comment on a penis size because at the end of the day, a lot of girls will, like, if they like a guy, they'll stay in a relationship with that guy no matter what his fucking dick looks like or acts like. Like, there's so many girls either way, like, let's be real here. A lot of girls out there that will stay in a relationship even if the sex is horrible. Yeah. But, not to say that there's a correlation between, like, penis size and bad sex and shit. But, like, I think that's, like, a huge difference between a lot of guys and girls. Like, you will often find that if a guy doesn't feel like he's being sexually fulfilled um, or, like, those parts don't meet his expectation personally, that they'll just fucking be out of there in a heartbeat. Well, you could compare it to anything, like... Or, like, her eyes are too big or too small. Like, it's just something they can't change at the end of the day. It's interesting. I feel like definitely it's a dependent preference thing. Like, a lot of people out there are definitely, like, yeah, size matters to me. And I guess big would be hard because sometimes it is just to the point where someone will just, like, be like, oh, I don't want to go over there because it actually just hurts. <laughs> like, it's not like a... You know, like, looking at the size and being like, oh, I don't like it. It's like, literally, pull my body. That's so fucking true. I think that that's mainly where, like, a lot of the discussion does come from as well, though. Like, because, like, when you think about it, some people love 
a large penis, some people love a small penis, some people love an average penis, but like, yeah. it is, yeah, it's so preferential. It's so preferential, yeah. but like, yeah, most of the discussion around it is like, okay, will it be comfortable? Yeah, do we work well together? Yeah, will it be comfortable for my body with your body? Mm. Yeah, like it would be too painful to even enjoy the experience. Yeah, yeah. And no one wants to be in pain. No way. Interesting stuff, ladies. Love it. Do women care about penis size? Um, like, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm not really, like, I don't care about it. It's not something that's on, like... I care more about them knowing how to, like, the, like, you know, just, like, not a man just, like, taking what they want from, like, a sexual experience, but actually trying to please the other, because I feel like for a very long time, it's been an emphasis on just pleasing men. So, it's like, no matter what size, as long as you're trying to make the effort to please the other, like... Exactly. On to the next cue. (laughs) What can men do to make women feel safer? Um like a lot of things but I I don't know like looking within themselves like you know like I guess it's really hard like you can see like internalized misogyny within like nearly every man you meet um no matter how much you know you they seem like a good guy to you there's still that there but I think um males starting to actually take the time to reflect on their internalized misogyny like just taking the time like just to go ha- start an open conversation with yeah. your mom you know your, your sister or like a girl like one of your friends one of your girlfriends and ask and just like try and get an understanding of what it would like to be us yeah up, you know and not just an understanding but because you can like you know you can say you support females and stuff but if you're being uh like a bystander to like the male treatment of females around you and stuff and you're not calling it out and you're not saying anything i feel like the, like one of the things that i feel that would make us feel safer is men actually starting to call each other out on their shit definitely and that relates to a, another question that we received which was have you seen a man you weren't dating or related to step in and correct misogyny and like when i first saw this question the sad, like, the sad reality was that I don't think I've ever had a man that I was dating or related to step in and correct it if they saw it. Like... No, like, I, I, I can't really say I have. Like, most no, of my experiences where I, someone stood up for me in a situation like that have been girlfriends or strangers yeah, that are exactly. girls. And it's like, it, it's like when you're, like, at a club or whatever or, like, out and stuff and, like, you know, someone's hitting you and your guy makes someone fuck up. Like, that's pro- probably, like, the extent yeah. that I've seen. I've never... Yeah, I've had lots of guys help me out at, in clubs, like, when other guys have been creepy. I've had but lots like, of, of my guy friends help me, but... I feel like another thing like, as well is, like, sometimes... I think guys also need to distinguish within themselves whether they're standing up for misogyny to look like a nice guy and Mm -hmm. to appear like the more man, like manly man in the situation like that. 
or whether yeah. it's to actually stand up for the woman. Because I think that the way that they do react, even on those nights out, that really does reflect a lot. Like, when they turn straight to violence, who's that helping? Whereas yeah. if they're actually standing up for you and they're saying apologize to her, like, that's disrespectful, then I feel like that's a different story. That is really, really helpful. Yeah, but I don't, I can't think. I, can't I genuinely can't that remember that ever happening to me either, yeah, which is really I, I sad, but. I remember, I seem to be remembering all the times that no one stood up for me. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, wait, have there been times? Like, even my whole family, like, my family, um, like, this one time, this other, this random neighbour came over and was being really weird, apparently, and I walked up and he's like, oh, the feminist is here. And I was like, I've never met you before in my life. And he just starts laughing and everything. And then my whole family is just there silent. Like, all of my brothers and my dad, I'm like, you want to say something? Like, this is really weird for me. Tips for messaging girls on Tinder. I don't go on Tinder. Uh, well, I actually have had Tinder success stories, but most of the time... I think you've got to be prepared that when you're going on Tinder, you're literally swiping left or right based on appearance. Like, as as obvious as it is, be just self-aware of that. Nag has a good Tinder story. Uh, do I... Remember when you went to that guy's house and he was like a racist and shit? Yeah. Oh my god, really? Yeah. So we were like talking for like two weeks and it's literally the only ever time I've met up with anyone from Tinder or like spoken to anyone from Tinder. I think it was Hinge actually. Hinge is better. Yeah, it still sucks. <laughs> yeah, it still sucks. <laughs> and then I like, should I go to his house now? Like, yeah, just do it. Like, who cares? So I went there. Stranger and, danger who? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I think he told me before I went there, he was like, oh my God, like, you wouldn't trust me because I've got a criminal record. And I was like, ah, that's funny. Like, well, and he's like, no, seriously. And I was like, oh, fuck. I have a red flag. I know. First red flag. But, like, doing it would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I went there. Shit. And, um, this is actually so bad. Like, he had... He was, like, going to court soon because he had hit a, pol- a female policewoman. Oh, oh. my but, God. Like, I didn't know what it was for until I got there. And also, I had slept with him first. And then he told me this story. And he was like, yeah, but I didn't do it. And, like, all this shit. And I was like, what the fuck? And then um, he started talking at, like, 4 a.m. He started talking about, like... Yeah, women just get so upset because, like, men, like, do way better. But, like, obviously, because, like, we work harder and, like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, so you realised he was a misogynist. <laughs> so fucked. And then he started saying, like, yeah, like, um, you know, black people could do better. But, like, they just feel sorry for themselves. Oh, and, my like, God. And I was like, are you fucking serious? And I was, like, trying to, like, give him all these, like, facts, like, not trying to be like, fuck you, because I was, like, at his house, but trying to be like, that's so wrong. Like, just think about this and, like, tell him, like, all this shit. Also with his criminal record in the back of your mind. <laughs> Softly tell him back. <laughs> yeah, he might hit me. Anyways, um, I woke up at, like, 6am and I just, like, left. And then um, he messaged me, like, expecting us to have another date. And I was like, sorry, I just think I can completely different people and he was like fair enough at least I've got good sex out of it then <gasps> no, <I'm not. laughs> you little fuck and he still tries to message me like hey what are you doing tonight and I'm like are you actually like what's wrong in your mind I don't know 
audacity. Yeah, that's the ultimate story. Okay, I think we just found uh, this episode's audacious moment. Yeah. We're here to jackpot. That's so fucking cooked, Annabelle. And people and men wonder why we don't trust men. And it's like, this shit happens. And it's like, how do you expect me to not have trust issues? There's a follow up to this story. Me and Annabelle one night. Oh no. We were like, you know what? Fuck this guy. We were too scared to do anything crazy, so we just parked out the front of his house, ran to his front door, and just knocked him on. Oh my god, you guys. You guys are animals. Yeah, that'll teach you not to be racist. You literally gave your next door neighbour a worse prank than the racist misogynist. (laughs) True. You should have stuck up for that policewoman more. You should go back and fucking peanut butter his car door handles like you did. We should have have fed you mounted his windscreen wipers. The Audacity Podcast. Okay, now this last question, honestly, I feel like it could have it could have been its own episode. And this honestly might take up the rest of the episode but I think that it's a really 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 important topic to cover because I think if I'm going to go forward and discuss a lot of notions that are feminist from here on then I want my male listeners to understand and respect these notions and I feel like a lot of men don't respect feminism and it comes from a lack of understanding about what the what the movement actually is because it has so many misconceptions uh, and stigmas around it. So, um, the question was, why do you think that a lot of men see feminism as men bashing? And I think that there's so many layers to this answer. I mean, in short, I could say, um, because feminism's been associated with strong, forceful women, and our society continues to punish strong, forceful women, which is a fact now backed up by data and research, um, or I could say it's because people fear that feminism means men will eventually lose out of power and influence or control or economic opportunities or whatever but I think just saying any one of these things wouldn't really give you the full spectrum of why feminism is so misunderstood so I think that we should unpack it okay now before I begin I really need to reiterate this no one can speak for all of feminism including me I am a 21-year-old cisgendered Lebanese-Australian woman, so I will speak on feminism from the perspective of a 21-year-old cisgendered Lebanese-Australian woman. Another thing I really, really, really need to reiterate is that there are a lot of different branches of feminism. There's white feminism, intersectional feminism, trans feminism, radical feminism, just to name a few, and some of the beliefs in them might overlap. Um, For example, pro-choice arguments, But I think that this is important because a lot of the things that I considered fundamental beliefs to the feminism movement prior to learning about feminism ended up actually only being relevant to certain feminist groups. For example, white feminism embraces capitalism and often discusses uh, getting women into positions of power or getting them a seat at the table is like something that's used quite a bit. Um, Whereas intersectional feminism, on the other hand, is more so about tearing the table down altogether so we can start again. Because as long as a system like capitalism dominates society, then I guess the success of one person or people is always going to be at the expense uh, or the oppression of another person or people. 
So this is another reason I guess I urge you to do your own research because a certain branch of the movement might appeal more to you based on other beliefs that you have. Analyzing now. Stand clear. Why do you think a lot of men see feminism as men bashing? Because they've never witnessed women have their say in something and now they're scared because it's a topic that they can't really relate to or have much say in. Ooh, that was brilliant, Poppy. Who are, who are you? Where did you come from? Did someone check that out? That needs to be someone's story on Insta this week. Okay, so I think that there's a few reasons for this. Firstly, I think that people often mistake feminism, which is the social, political and economic equality of the sexes, with misandry, which is the hatred of men. Now, one of the biggest misconceptions is that feminism is a movement strictly for women, by women and made up of women in opposition to men. In truth, not only should feminism benefit everyone as it works to dismantle all systems of oppression, but it shouldn't be based on this binary gender thinking in the first place of men versus women. Now, I will be completely fucking honest and admit I often have felt frustrated with men having been harassed, belittled and taken advantage of by so many. Uh, And I'm going to be honest, like most women, my walls are built pretty high when meeting a new man. However, there is so many men that I love, I respect and I trust. I don't hate men, like a lot of feminists don't. But I do fucking hate toxic masculinity. Now, as expressed by Ginny Brown, toxic masculinity is the set of rules and expectations that society sets for male behaviour. It includes how men are supposed to treat and think about women. Um, It tells men that it's not okay to cry and it is okay to catcall women, which, as we concluded in the last episode, is not fucking okay. Uh, And toxic masculinity is, I guess, the idea that tells men that their worth is gaining power over others and that it's shameful to have a woman beat them at anything. Toxic masculinity hurts men. Men are pressured to be high achievers and they're always competing against one another, which then obviously would create stress. And this traditional expectation that they have to appear powerful and in control often makes it hard for men to ask for help. They're often shamed and ridiculed for stepping outside the bounds of quote-unquote acceptable masculine behaviour. And all of this makes it harder for men to get through the world. Now, feminists don't want to destroy or oppress men. They want to destroy toxic masculinity to let people of all genders see how damaging it is to all of us. Alright, why do you think that a lot of men see feminism as men bashing? Because I think that there has been the the extreme feminist that I think has become more like well, for a while, it was more perpetuated in the news because, like, it was seen as, like, it was boy-hating. And then I think that's where they got the whole idea from and then just have never climbed down from that tree. Yeah, 100%. I think they got the wrong idea to start with. I think it's also they, even if, you know, like, there are those extremists in feminism and stuff like that, it's just, I think, for a lot of males and, like, still to this day, cannot stand the idea of their ego being bruised in any way or like called out on shit and unfortunately a lot of the shit the men do and continue to do is 
that's like what we're fighting for equality and shit yeah. and like you know some of them are so ignorant to like what the actual cause is that they want it to just be men hating and stuff when in, in fact we're actually trying to fight for their equality too that's literally it hey and it that's what i think really really pisses me off about that because like a lot of these arguments come from pure miseducation or misinformation yeah. on it like once they do do the searching there's usually an answer to every question out there or every argument and honestly i feel like you get to a point in feminism as well where you just like like sometimes the juice isn't even worth the squeeze with certain people because you're just like yeah they won't listen they won't listen so i'm not gonna spare my emotional labor trying to explain it they can go look it up if they really really care about changing their opinion and I think that that's that's really a, another frustrating and and upsetting part for like a lot of uh, women out there when they're trying to have these discussions is like if you're just gonna fucking question everything I say and not listen and yeah. just like hear me out because most of the time every like every rebuttal you have has an answer to it it's just let me get there because the patriarchy didn't fucking build itself overnight let me start explaining yeah okay so secondly i think that attitudes towards movements like feminism are rooted deeply in our own personal and direct experiences with the issues of the movement in other words if we've faced discrimination then we know beyond doubt that it exists but if we haven't faced it ourselves, then we often doubt that it happens. In the case of something like everyday sexist microaggressions or something as systemically rooted as rape culture, it's so fucking normalized that it's like, how do you even fucking begin to explain sexism to someone that hasn't experienced it? Like, it's like describing what air looks like. It's everywhere. Uh, it, it's in the way that an old man looks your body up and down as you walk by. Or the way that you won't get given the time of day by a group of men unless you present yourself and your argument in a palatable enough way. And honestly, if you don't look that great, then chances are you probably won't get heard. Now, feminism as a movement looks to dismantle these normalized sexist microaggressions and these gender stereotypes. It's about throwing away the idea that if a woman's being assertive, she's a bitch, or if a guy's being sensitive, he's a pussy. Feminism is about giving everyone the choice to be whatever the fuck they want to be, whether that's the traditional idea of their gender or not. It doesn't matter, but the point is having a choice and not being judged or ostracized by society for standing by that choice. Now, naturally, a lot of people don't like it when things are shaken up or when the system that traditionally benefits them appears to be crumbling. And what's the natural reaction to something that feels threatening or shakes up the normal? Fight or flight, right? You go with it, or you get defensive about it. I think for a lot of men out there, it's much easier to get defensive than it is to admit that they may have either perpetuated or been complicit in perpetuating the cycle of sexism in society, as we all have. Now, taking accountability is fucking hard. It's not easy, and it's not a nice feeling looking back on all of our shitty behaviour, but at the end of the day, accountability helps you grow, and it's super fucking important. You're listening to The Audacity Podcast. Now, I also think that men see it as man bashing because a lot of uneducated women also see it as man bashing. And so men then think that it's okay to also shit on feminists because women are doing it as well. Now, these women might say things like, I'm not a feminist because I don't hate men. 
they might say things like, I actually like the traditional role of a woman, so I wouldn't classify myself as a feminist. They may call other women sluts or comment on what they wear. But this is the purest example of internalized misogyny. And it needs to fucking stop. Now, I've got a whole episode coming up on this topic, uh, but internalized misogyny in a very minimized version refers to when women internalize patriarchal ways of thinking and then project this hatred onto other women. So misogyny is hatred towards women. So internalized misogyny in this context is women hating on other women. So this internalized misogyny, like I said, stems from patriarchy, but it also manifests in the societal conditioning to see other women as competition in the fight for male attention and validation. Now, there are heaps of different examples of internalized misogyny, such as saying shit like, I'm not like other girls, um, which is just pick me shit, or hating your partner's ex just for the sake of it, or shitting on feminine things because society always shits on anything feminine. It's actually a thing. It's called femophobia. Uh, It's the attitude that anything traditionally associated with women is inferior. Um, But feminism helps break down all of these problematic behaviours and ideas, and it calls us out on our shit. It tells us, even if you don't want to be feminine, there's nothing wrong with it. It tells us, I don't need to put another girl down just to make myself feel better. It tells us to check our shit, basically, and to ask ourselves, is the other girl really intimidating, or am I intimidated? Feminism tells us that there is room for everyone to feel whole without tearing each other down. It helps us become better people towards each other, in relationships, in friendships. So all in all, people can call it man bashing, but in my opinion, I think that it's a lot more than that. And I think that a lot of guys would actually get a lot out of it if they got past the initial defensiveness and actually just learned about it. Now, whether men see it as man bashing or not, I think another reason that feminism as a movement is especially important is because it's the first movement to address the issue of male violence, which a lot of men seem to uh, very quickly get defensive about. Now, before you hit me with not all men, uh, firstly, fuck off. (laughs) Secondly, I think M. Clarkson put it pretty perfectly on her Instagram in regards to the recent and awfully tragic murder of Sabina Nessa. So I'm just going to read it out. No, it's not all men, but I'm not doing this with you again. Soothing the ego of the quote-unquote nice guys who care more about how they're perceived than they do about women's lives. If you can't see a systemic problem here, it's because you're choosing not to. And anyone who wants to turn a deliberate blind eye in the face of ongoing and relentless violence against women is not a nice guy. He's a monster. You might not commit these crimes, but by continually derailing the desperately necessary conversations that we have in the wake of yet more male violence to tell me it's not all men, then you are a problem. Alright, so I know that got a little bit heavy and uh, we're almost done on this topic, but I just want to end this question with an excerpt from an article by Ginny Brown. And she's addressing the overused and the fucking frustrating and invalidating argument that Western feminists are just playing the victim. Here's what she said. People say, sure, sexism used to be a problem, but now women have reached equality. We can vote, we have the same access to jobs and education as men, we're allowed to dress how we want, and are considered equal partners in relationships. Western feminists are just whining, they're nitpicking, and they're enjoying feeling victimised 
instead of appreciating the freedoms that they have. She goes on to say, there's a lot of truth in this argument. Women have come a long way, baby. As a woman, I'd rather live here and now than almost any other point in history. And I'm not denying the struggles that many girls and women around the world face or claiming that mine are equal to theirs. But it's not true to say that sexism is dead. We may have slain the giant dragon of institutional sexism, which insisted that women fill an inferior role in the world, but there's still a hornet's nest of sexist culture that still lives on. And while I'd rather be stung by a dozen hornets than be eaten by a dragon, that doesn't mean that I don't have a right to complain about the stings. When I'm in a professional meeting with men, I often have to fight to get my voice heard. And if I talk as much or as confidently as the men do, I may get labelled as bossy or shrill. When I leave the house, strangers feel free to comment on my body, which makes me feel unsafe and exposed. Men I meet tend to evaluate me first as a sexual object and only second or never as a competent or interesting human. These things make a difference. They don't make it impossible for me to have a good job or to go about my day and to have the kinds of relationships that I want, but they do make it harder. Any one thing by itself would not be a big deal, but in time, they add up. Just like you can brush off one hornet sting, but if you got stung every day, multiple times a day, all over your body, you might start to get really, really bothered by it. Now, when I talk about the ways that sexism hurts me, I'm not whining or making them up. I don't think of myself as a victim, and I actually don't enjoy complaining. I'm also not saying that I'm not glad I have the freedom to vote or to apply for any job I want and to be viewed as a full legal human. I'm just saying that I'm still hurt by sexism and that I want the world to be better for myself and for other women. Unquote. So, how can we gain a better understanding of where we personally stand on the issue of gender equality and understanding our own unconscious biases? Well, Kathy Caprino wrote a Forbes article called What is Feminism and Why Do So Many Women and Men Hate It? where she unpacks gender bias and a lot of other notions, but she helps us to unpack our own gender biases by providing some questions to ask ourselves. Asking these questions and answering them candidly will honestly, I think, get you a little bit closer to recognizing what you truly, honestly believe about gender equality. First, do you oppose the idea that every human being on the planet deserves equal rights and equal access to all opportunities? If you oppose it, why? And what are you concerned will happen if full equality is achieved? Secondly, what makes you mad and agitated to read in the media about men, women and equality? Think back to what has shaped all of your beliefs about these issues. Where did they come from specifically? Was it childhood? Was it early adulthood? Was it your personal experiences with men and women, or was it what you read and watched in the media? Who in your group, family, or peers influenced your beliefs? Next, have you ever found yourself stereotyping or sexualizing a woman? What are some of the things that you can do to stop this? Next question. Have you ever found yourself being surprised at a woman being both attractive and intelligent? Have you ever considered why you thought that these two characteristics had to be mutually exclusive? And finally, 
In the end, do your beliefs actually feel right for you? Do they feel aligned with who you really are? Ask yourself. Anyway, that was pretty fucking heavy. I'm sorry. So let's bring it home with a little fun fact to round things up. So today's fun fact was brought to me by my old roomie Emma, who is living it up in New Zealand right now. I really miss you, sis. Um, Emma listened to the other episode, so I really hope she hears this. <laughs> anyway, a while ago, Emma told me that we actually lose taste buds as we age. So as you get older, foods tend to taste a little bit more bland. So we actually start losing taste buds pretty much as soon as we start taking our first steps. So infants have like a fuck ton more taste buds than the average adult. So by the time we hit our 20s, we have roughly half the taste buds that we're born with. So you might notice that as um, people get older and as they lose their taste buds, they might be adding more condiments or spices to up the flavor. So when kids are really picky about food, it might just mean that they can taste it more. Or if your old man loves over-peppering his meat, that could explain why. Guess we shouldn't really give him shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm here with Emily to do the outro again. Emily hasn't listened to the episode, so she has no idea what we've actually just talked about. But it kind of got a little bit heavy towards the end, Em. Is it? Yeah. Do I have anything to say in this episode? Um, I think that you're in the last one. I can't keep up anymore, but you're here right now. Do you have anything to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, s- oh fuck, dude, you always do this to me. I don't know what to say in this shit. Like, Alright, how about. I don't know the people. Like, okay, do. why do you think that men see uh, feminism as man bashing? Because their egos are too big to accept the fact that they've been wrong in the past and they can't move forward. Okay, she literally just summarized the whole episode <laughs> in a sentence. <laughs> Maybe we should end the episode with ASMR. Tell us if you like this because we can keep doing this all day. Wait, this sounds really sexual and I didn't mean to make it sound sexual, so please don't get horny. Okay, bye. <laughs> I no longer have OnlyFans, so please don't bother subscribing to Bambi Grace. <laughs> the account has not been deleted yet because I have $400 still sitting there, but I will get the money out soon and I'll be putting it to charity. Jokes, I need to get my car fixed, so I can't. <laughs> also, guys, I just want to remind everyone out there to go get STI checked. Because if you're anyone like me, you might have a bad couple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me dead, Emily. Okay. <laughs> Alright, see ya. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, don't know how to follow that up, but... Follow us on at the Audacity Org. I'm Kat Sleeman. This has been the Audacity Podcast. Remember to keep your minds open and stay brilliant. Shutting down.